Welcome back to NFL Friday, a very, very important episode. Just finishing off less than 12 hours ago, the NFL Honor Award Awards. I'm alongside Owen Kelty and Maddie Bumonti. Before we get into arguably the biggest sporting event in the world, definitely in America and certainly in professional football. Kelty, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. You know, it's Super Bowl Sunday coming up this week. It's always one of the most exciting times of the year, but last Sunday was really the first Sunday without football on. It really was missing it. You know, sitting in my room on a Sunday, no football to watch. And so it's it's been tough, but the last game of the season, always exciting. It's two super, really good teams in the game this year. Should be a good one. Like last year's game was super close. This year should be super close too. So super excited for this weekend. A lot to get into later on. Maddie, how are you feeling? You know, I, I don't know how to feel about this Super Bowl, to be honest with you. I'm kind of just like here for it at this point. I got no real stake in this. So I'm I'm just here to watch hopefully at least a good game, which it should be. But th- to be honest, I'm kind of sick of seeing the Chiefs here every year now. So I'm just kind of dealing with it now. We'll get into the dynasty or would be dynasty because it's all relative when the Patriots set the tone in the early 2000s. But let's get into the the NFL Honor Awards. Some controversy there with with TJ Watt arguably being snubbed. Um, But we'll start off with Comeback Player of the Year, Joe Flacco. Kelty, you made a case off air that it could have been Baker Mayfield. I personally like the pick of Flacco. Kelty, your thoughts there? I think it's really interesting for this one because, like I said, like before we were started recording, you know, Baker Mayfield came back from being on the Panthers. His career was basically dead in the water. I mean, when the when the Bucks signed him, he was competing for a starting quarterback job at the start of the season, and he takes him to the playoffs, wins a, wins a game in the playoffs. So I thought he had a case. I get Joe Flacco. Like, the Joe Flacco story was a lot of fun. But then again, like, what did he come back from being? Like, was he just from just being bad? Like, it's like kind of what the last year's award was Geno Smith. It's like, what did Geno Smith come back from just being a bad player? Like, or just having kind of like a solid career and then having like a really good season? I, and like obviously the Tamar Hamlin is like the the debate with him was always like yeah he did die last year like he was fully dead and then he came all came back alive and played this year I know he only played what was it like three snaps that he played this year something like that so I get the debate with Demar Hamlin I think Baker should have won it I think he had the biggest obviously Demar Hamlin had the biggest comeback there's got to be a different award here because it's like. The comeback player there, maybe go with like what the NBA's got is like most improved, like from a year to year standpoint. Because comeback player of the year, I think if you're talking about in terms of coming back, it has to be Demar Hamlin. But in terms of being like a better player and like coming back from like Baker's case, like being horrible for two years or Joe Flacco being bad, then that's like a different kind of reward. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the categories themselves, I think for some of them have always kind of confused me in terms of what they're looking for. Like MVP is kind of just like a quarterback award at this point in time. It's not really about like arguably who is the best player overall at this point, but same goes for comeback player. And I completely agree. Even Joe Flacco himself said, I don't know what I really came back from when he was talking about the award. Uh, I think the guy like great, it was great to see him back out there, uh, especially just with, his like his age and and getting that kind of start with the Browns, the Browns also getting just a ton of awards across the board in terms of the awards they took home this past night. But I don't know. I think that it's just kind of 
a weird scenario in this place. I understand the DeMar Hamlin as well. Again, if we're talking about comeback player, I would have gave it to him. But at the end of the day, I don't think I'm really up in arms over this award in terms of what it is. I think we'll we'll move on to defensive player of the year. I I don't hate the pick. I I think it it's definitely um definitely well deserved. But do you think that TJ Watt is is rightly pissed off? Obviously, it took to social media kind of with the you know it I it doesn't affect me, but it does affect me kind of mentality. What are your thoughts on that, Alan? I mean, I think definitely Miles Garrett was most uh. I don't know, like this when people have now because TJ Watt got snubbed and posting the stats and TJ Watt's stats in most categories, I think have been have been better in most cases. But I think when you look at like how dominant of a season Miles Garrett had, it's not always going to be on the stat sheet. I mean, he led that Browns defense, and look how many games that that Browns defense won the weeks after Deshaun Watson got hurt or before Deshaun Watson got hurt and before Joe Flacco got there, like. They don't win that many games without Miles Garrett being the leader of that team. I know the Steelers again were that middle of the tier team, but I think Miles Garrett's dominance in there it really is what put him over the over the edge there. Instead of just looking at the the smaller stats that kind of lean it in TJ Watt's favor, I know he's been upset. He was upset about it, I think last year when he didn't win it. I'm not sure. Was it Micah Parsons who won last year, or was it Miles? I don't remember who won last year, but. I think he was upset about not winning it last year too. So I think going to Miles Garrett, I think he's a reason to be mad, but I think going on social media and making it kind of the award about you was a little extra. Like just go on there, congratulate Miles Garrett, who had one of the most dominant seasons, one of the most defense, like dominant defensive players we have in the league. And I think he should have just kind of accepted that he didn't win and stopped going on social media to complain about it every year. Yeah. I think it comes down to what you hit on with, the comparison between the Steelers and the Browns in terms of defense, I think that Miles Garrett just played more of a role with this Browns defense that I just don't think um, compares with the Steelers. In in terms of like nitty gritty stuff, I I just think I agree. I it's kind of ridiculous to just make this all about yourself on this and and get this huge platform to do something like this when you look at it like Garrett had like uh, a better pass rush wins um TJ Watt was like up there but not the same level like there's little nitty gritty stuff you can point out but I think across the board if you're just looking at who made a bigger impact in their defense I think just Miles Garrett deserves it a little bit more at that point the Browns leading the league in defensive efficiency and yard per game yards per game allowed Miles Garrett obviously a big part of that MVP, obviously the big one, not a huge shock giving it to Lamar. It it was kind of up in the air, let's say five, six weeks ago, but Lamar Jackson, I think a well-deserved MVP. And then obviously probably maybe just as clear, if not more clear, Offensive Player of the Year, Christian McCaffrey for the 49ers with an incredible season. 1,400, over 1,400 rushing yards and just a great, a great place to be for the Niners positioning them well in the Super Bowl. And that's what we'll transition to. Obviously, the big game, the Super Bowl, whatever you want to call it on Sunday. Niners Chiefs. It is a it is a little boring. I think, I think when you look at just what's the whole kind of broader context. 
But I agree with you, Maddie, in that it will be good, electric, and entertaining football purely from a football perspective. We're going to get the best of the best. These were the two teams that had the best odds to win the Super Bowl back in September, the Chiefs at one, the Niners at two. So it'll certainly be a close game. What do you think? Well, we'll start We'll start with this. We don't want to get into predictions quite yet. Who do you think is the most valuable player for either team going in to this Super Bowl? We'll start with us. Um, I think for the Chiefs, it's going to be Travis Kelsey, because if you looked at all year, he kind of was back and forth with whether or not he would have a good game. Some games he'd have 10 receptions, 150 yards, and other games he'd put up like three catches for 30 yards. I mean, in the playoffs, he's shown that he's one of the most dominant players in the league. He Last week, I think he broke the receptions record. He broke all these kind of records. But against that 49ers defense, which is a dominant defense, probably one of the best in the league, I think especially how kind of still weak the Chiefs receivers room is like there's not a guy in there that's going to be forcing a double team and a lot all their focus is going to be going on Travis Kelsey and if they can get Travis Kelsey the ball you know seven eight times I think the Chiefs are going to probably win this game but for the Chiefs I'm saying their most valuable player is going to have to be Travis Kelsey and then from the 49ers I don't know if this is like a I think this is the game that they need Brock Purdy to be a game manager. I know everyone's been arguing about whether or not he's a game manager or not, whether or not he can make those superstar throws. But if he's just a game manager, this is this is their game to win. Because if he's not turning the ball over, which a lot of times this year, last week against the Lions, the week before against the Packers, there's a lot of throws he'll make that should be intercepted that weren't intercepted that kind of changed the game around for the 49ers. So. Brock Purdy's going to have to be, I think he has to be that game manager. Just focus on your short throws. Don't force anything. You have Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, guys that can turn a two-yard catch into an 80-yard touchdown. So don't for, for them, it's going to have to be Brock Purdy not trying to force anything and kind of beat that game manager stereotype that he's been given all year. Because last thing you need is in the biggest game of the year, he's trying to prove that he's not, that he's something that he's not, which I'm not, I'm not a fan of Brock oh, I like his story, but I'm not a Brock Purdy's elite kind of kind of guy. So I think this is the game where he's just got to show, you know, he is a game manager and a game manager that wins the Super Bowl. I think everyone's going to stop caring about whether or not you're an elite quarterback and look at the fact that you have a Super Bowl ring. I'm not going to switch it up super heavily from what you said. I think well, one thing about Travis Kelsey that I find super interesting is I do agree that he is probably the X factor for this team, but he hasn't had the best of games over the last few like stretches. Like yeah, he's had, like, I don't think he's had a single game with about a hundred receiving yards since for a while. And that's good. And I, and I, I don't think it's a hindrance for this team. I think that the way the chiefs are really going to win this is really just being able to outrun the 49ers defense and just to maneuver around them. And I think that, on the opposite front, I I no surprise here will say I think Christian McCaffrey is arguably probably one of the top players in the league and is going to make a difference to the 49ers. I think on paper, the 49ers just have a wider range of guys that really have produced for this team because you don't really see Mahomes really interacting as much with his receivers. Um, it's really just been a run game for them. But Christian McCaffrey on the other side has just been incredible with his rushing yards. We mentioned them earlier, about 1,400. 
uh, and it's just every single year this guy's been producing. I missed him back when he played for Carolina. I missed all that stuff, and now we're kind of seeing him playing under Brock Purdy, who is still really, I think, establishing himself in the eyes of many NFL um, fans and and people and personnel because he's just, for what he's worth, doesn't look at all like a Mahomes type, which is now what we're going to see in the Super Bowl. But I don't think that this is going to be super, super skewed one way and the other looking at these two teams in terms of how they act. But I, yeah, I would say Travis Kelsey for the Chiefs, Christian McCaffrey, 49ers, but that 49ers defensive line has just talent all around that anybody could be an X factor for them, really stopping Mahomes and sacking him, which Mahomes is constantly avoided throughout the season. Yeah, so I pretty much generally agree with you, Maddie. I think that Travis Kelsey and Christian McCaffrey are going to be the two guys that need to step up if either team's going to win. If you have even an average McCaffrey, I think you get a you get a Niners Super Bowl pretty easily. I think if you have an average Kelsey, I don't think that's enough. An average Kelsey for this past season, I don't think that's enough for the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs need to have a much better Kelsey than they've seen this year. Outside of the the game against the Ravens, 71 and 75 yards respectively against the Dolphins and the Bills. Those teams have strong-ish defenses, but that is worrisome from a Chiefs perspective. And then McCaffrey, he's the offensive MVP of the entire league, let alone that Niners team. I think those are the two guys that you're going to be looking at to really elevate either team going forward to lift their respective Super Bowls. We're going to transition to, we're, we're kind of building here. We're going from players to what I like to call sides of the ball to eventually we'll make our predictions with team and score. But when it comes to the four sides of the ball, Chiefs offense, Chiefs defense, and then Niners offense and defense, let's go strongest out of those four and weakest out of those four. Kelty, go ahead. Strongest? Ah. Uh... I think I'd have to go with the 49ers offense. I think that's been one of the best offenses in the league. If you look at how many weapons they have, it's kind of unbelievable. Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Debo, Christian McCaffrey, even Juwan Jennings is one of the best uh, blocking wide receivers in the league. And that's really what leads to so much of Christian McCaffrey's success is that offense's willingness to, to block downfield. I mean, if you look at George Kittle, he's like a converted offensive lineman fullback out there that also can run insane routes. So I think that's going to be that's the strongest part of the of the, of the, all the four i'm going to say the 49ers offense is definitely the strongest and for the weakest i i'd say the chiefs offense it's been kind of it's the, their defense has been carrying them all year they look up they only gave up what was it 13 points against the ravens before that they held the dolphins to very little points the defense is what's keeping them in these games the offense isn't putting up the the historic large numbers that we've seen in the past these past few super bowls that they've won or been in it's been the offense with the defense kind of lacking. And Patrick Mahomes has gone out there and scored a ton of points. And that's really not what it's been like for the Chiefs this year. Their offense has been kind of lacking late. Not lately, but once once they started kind of realizing that they don't have the offensive weapons that they used to, and maybe Travis Kelsey's not who he used to be, they've been relying on the run a lot more. But still, out of all four, I mean, the Chiefs defense, I think, was ranked second in the league. The 49ers defense is up there. And the 49ers offense was one of the best in the league. So... I think for weakest, you know, I'm going to have to go with the with the Chiefs offense. 
I I actually completely agree with that um, response. I think the Chiefs offense it, across the board does not look in the way that it used to look like this is the first year that they've lost so many games with Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback. They were like 11 and six. They He had the worst stats of his career across. They were not scoring. The wide receivers have not been good. So I think, honestly, this Chiefs offense is really kind of shaky when you look at it on paper. I think their defense has really carried them through a lot of games. Um, Where I am going to kind of switch it up is when I talk about the strongest, and I think I'm going to go with the 49ers defense on this. I just really like what I see in this defensive line. I love Nick Bosa. I think he's been incredible. Um, You look at Armstead, Hargrave, Young, everybody on that line has been incredible in terms of what they've been able to produce their yards in the playoff has been good they've had um just across the board just to me some pretty good stats that really rival the chiefs their defensive yards um have been pretty similar but in the playoff average it's been 386 touchdowns allowed they only they've allowed one less touchdown than the chiefs on the defense so i think if you're looking for a little bit of an edge i think the 49ers defense is really strong, really has come to play. And I, I think I completely agree that this Chiefs offense has been very underwhelming for me in terms of what we've seen out of previous Chiefs offenses. I think it can be hard to sort of compare the Chiefs offense to their broader context and what they've been the last five years. But that is exactly why I'm gonna I'm gonna echo you guys with the with the weakest link here, that they are the weakest link. I think that it's such a psychological battle there when you when you realize that Patrick Mahomes is not the Mahomes of 2020-2021. Kelsey is not a reliable tight end to step up, especially when you match him up against George Kittle in this matchup. But for strongest, I'm going with Niners offense. I think we talked about how McCaffrey or how the Niners can can get away with, so to speak, an average McCaffrey game. McCaffrey, only 90 yards against the Lions, 98 in the last two games, 98 against the Packers, 90 against the Lions. And even if he puts up somewhere in the 80s, 90s range, you're looking at Ayuk. You're looking at Debo. You have those other tools that the Chiefs, I think, have more breadth, but not as much reliability when it comes to offensive prowess and that's exactly why it's going to be a tale honestly really of defense because you look at the Chiefs and the Niners in so many statistics the Chiefs lead and in so many statistics the Niners lead Nick Bose has been electric he's been dominant it's going to be kind of like an anti-defensive game because you have two very strong offenses and that's definitely where the star power comes from but the defenses are are more or less neck and neck, and it's going to be great football all around for both of these teams. Big question is who will take it home, and let's give let's give score predictions as well. Kelty, I'm tossing it to you. See, I, I've been going back and forth on this for the last two weeks. I I haven't really been sure. I I didn't know who to pick because it seems like such a close matchup that can go either way especially with how good both teams have been lately. 49ers, though, haven't been looking great these last few weeks. And I don't really like the way their players have been complaining. They're, they're a lot worried about their their hot water and their and their fire alarms, and they are the game. So I'm taking, I think I'm going to take the Chiefs with this one. 
I've been going back and forth. I am a Chiefs hater. I, I've been rooting against them every single game in the playoffs. But now when it comes down to it, Patrick Mahomes just always elevates his game. And the one year that he lost, he lost to Tom Brady, who is, is the GOAT. Unfortunately, I have to say that as, as a Giants fan, it hurts to say that Tom Brady's the GOAT. But I'm going with the Chiefs. I'm going to go 31-27. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, pretty similar to last year, and I think the Chiefs win this one. This is not going to be an interesting show in terms of like diversity of anything. I agree, and I think that, to me, when you look on paper, and I also want to compare this to the last time the two teams played each other in the Super Bowl, and we saw how strong the 49ers came out and the Chiefs just coming back and answering with like 21 points at that in that game so I think this is kind of a similar scenario I also agree I think that the complaining is kind of just like I agree that I don't like the Chiefs and I think that I'm sick of the NFL kind of like giving the Chiefs all of these concessions and everything that we've seen but I don't think complaining about this is the real right way to go about it and I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. I think I also agree. I think the Chiefs just even with Mahomes' weaker seasons, Mahomes is still such a strong quarterback in terms of how he's going to navigate in the pocket, which I don't think while Brock Purdy is young and athletic does to the same level of Mahomes. And I think he can avoid um, being sacked and, and hold off this defense from the 49ers as strong as it is. I'm going Chiefs. I'm going a little lower scoring. I'm going 27-21 on this one, but I think it's the Chiefs game to win. Not strictly for variety's sake. I mean, like like Kelty, I'm going, I'm going, um, you know, I'm flipping coins. I'm doing one, two, three, four, you know, doing all that, even odd to, to, to decide who I want, or sorry, to decide who I think. I know who I want. And let's just let's just toss out it. Let's just toss out a Niners victory for variety on the pod for for my heart for everyone who you know was. Well, you also don't want to see that Chiefs dynasty form with. Uh, oh, definitely. Oh God, that's that's, <laughs> that's what I was. That's what I was just about to say. Like this, you know. Oh, you know this this Chiefs dynasty. It's it's rival rival the Patriots. Patriots. I don't, I don't think so. Sweating now. a little bit. What's that? Mahomes then would have what three rings at the same age that Brady had three rings. Well, they, I think they asked, I don't know who it was. I think it was, was it J.J. Watt asked, um, they asked him like if Mahomes is anywhere near Brady. And he said, I don't know why, I don't know why I'm referencing that video. I think it was on, it was on my TikTok. Um, but anyway, I think the Niners, I think the main thing with the Niners, and I've, I've kind of echoed this the whole, the whole time. And another thing I will add is that somewhat of a chip on their shoulder and kind of like the broader context with obviously the Chiefs being not favorites because technically the Niners are favorites for this game, but the Chiefs being very much a dynasty of the 2020s, but also the fact that they had to really fight to get here. A, a great comeback against the Lions down by 17 at half. And, you know, I was a little pissed off because I wanted the Lions to win. I thought that would have been a great, a great Super Bowl appearance for them. But the Niners, I think, have the energy and a huge chip on their shoulder when you got when you got no hot water when you got fire alarms ringing in the hotel that's going to motivate you to that's going to motivate you to play well i i think that'll do do wonders for them and the x factor i think the 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 best player on the field maybe not necessarily the most reliable most reliable i think patrick mahomes but best player offensive player of the year this year christian mccaffrey if he plays at a 75th percentile 
way of playing. I think that's an easy number six for San Francisco and for the Bay. I'm going to go 28-21, so not necessarily high scoring, not really low scoring either, because again, we're looking at two very, very solid defenses and two very solid offenses. So in a way, you know, it's kind of going to even out. But again, I think it'll be a moderately scoring Super Bowl on Sunday. That'll just about do it for NFL Friday. We'll have an electric Super Bowl, no doubt, Sunday. Usher with the halftime show. Maybe Taylor Swift will come out, sing a few songs for the viewers at home. Maybe that depends on the score at halftime for Owen Kelty and Maddie Bamonte. I'm Caleb Stein. NFL Friday is a production of WFUV Sports.